et bedre skole-Norge. Velkommen til et bedre skole-Norge. I denne episoden her så skal vi snakke om noe som heter neurofeedback, som er en slags treningsform som man kan trene sig selv til å bli godt selvregulert. Kort fortalt innebærer det at man har seks elektroder koblet til hodet, og så kan man se hjerneaktiviteten sin på en skjerm, og så kan man prøve å få regulert sig selv slik at man er i en rolig og god tilstand. Det er en treningsmetode og ikke en behandlingsmetode. Den blir brukt av toppidrettsutøvere, businessfolk, skuespillere, mange andre, men også barn, folk med traumer, med mer kan ha godt av denne metoden. Vi har med lærer og terapeut Trude Halvorsen, det er hun som har tipset meg. Vi har også med en terapeut som holder til i LA, som heter Roxana Sasu. Og så har vi med en voksen person som har gjennomgått metoden. Hun heter Ann Berit Meti. Vi skulle gjerne hatt med et barn eller en elev som har gått gjennom metoden, men det har vært litt vanskelig å få tak i. Det er ikke så mange foreldre som vil ha barnet sitt stille. Jeg er slettes ikke noen ekspert på om neurofeedback er bra eller ikke, men jeg synes det er utrolig spennende å utforske tema. Er det her noe som burde være i skolen, eller er det ikke? Bli med og utforsk. Et bedre skolemorge. Da har vi med Trude Halvorsen, og Trude Halvorsen har tatt kontakt med mig og sagt at neurofeedback det må inn i skolen, det gir så utrolig gode resultater. Kan du veldig kort forklare hva neurofeedback er, Trude? Ja, neurofeedback det er at du trener din egen hjerneaktivitet. For noen er veldig stresset og har dårlig konsentration og blir lett uoppmerksomme og alt det der. Og kun ved å se på en film, så trener du din egen hjerneaktivitet. Og feedbacken, det er at, at lyden blir dårligere og bildet blir dårligere. Og så selvregulerer hjernen, sånn at bildet blir større igjen. Og det gjøres kun ved at de som trener, de har elektrode på de områdene på hodet som skal trenes. Jeg får akkurat det der hørtes veldig interessant ut. Jeg har sett litt sånne bilder og YouTube-klipper og sånn, og det, det er sånn at man kobler, er det seks elektroder til hjernen, og så, så er det en maskin som den får inn visse frekvenser fra hjernen, og så er det sånn at et område i hjernen går, gir for eksempel frekvenser for aggression og så videre. Er det sånn? Ja, det er, det er egentlig det. Det er bestemte områder som du kan plassere elektroden, da. for eksempel hvis du trenger å rode fysisk, så plasserer du elektroden på høyre bakhue. Og da er det bare det området som blir trent. Så da trener du altså sånn at du blir mer fysisk rolig. Eller hvis du er mentalt at du har mye stress, tankespinn, så plasserer du elektroden på venstre panne, og da roer du det området på en måte. Eller også forsterker det området da. For det er jo sånn at de her hjernecellene prater med hverandre, sånn at da trener du den nervebanen, de nervecellene i det området, sånn at, at du husker bedre og konsentrerer deg bedre. Og du har et sånt apparat, har du ikke det, som du kan koble til hodene på folk? Jo da, jeg driver min egen praksis etter jobben min som jeg lærer. Da. Så på kveldstid så jobber jeg som neurofeedback-terapeut. Veldig spennende. Hva er det som skjer når man kobler den til, la oss si du hadde koblet den til hodet mitt nå da? Hva hadde skjedd da, tror du? Nei, vi måtte jo ha leitet etter det og den frekvensen der du har det best da. Der du slapper av liksom 
puste rolig, senka skuldre og føler at, ja, at du sitter helt avspent, da har vi funnet det som er riktig träningsfrekvens for dig. Og da er det bare å begynne å se på en film, og når du har det sånn som vi har stilt in, at du har det väldigt bra, da ser du hele filmen. Men med en gang for eksempel du begynner å stresse, så blir bildet smalere og lyden dårligere. Sånn at det er sånn at filmen faktisk blir dårligere og lyden blir dårligere når, når man begynner å stresse i tankene, er det sånn? Ja, på en måte så er det sånn. Og den som sitter der og trener, kan ikke gjøre noen ting annet enn bare å se på filmen. For det er på en måte, filmen er på en måte at hjernen ser sig selv. Og hjernen jobber da for å få bildet stort, så det, det er jo egentlig et veldig enkelt princip. EGN går jo ned i en boks, og der blir den EGN gjort om til data, og den dataen blir styrt av et program i datamaskinen, og så ser man bildet på skjermen da. Hva er EG? Er det hjerneaktiviteten? Ja, og det her er jo en veldig grov EG, og likevel så fungerer det så bra. De blir mer vant til å regulere sig selv til en bevissthetstillstand hvor det er mottakelig for læring, går det an si det? De får rett og slett bare bort all uron, og det er evigvarende. Det er liksom ikke bare akkurat mens du trener, men du trener bort fysisk uro og mental uro. Det bare blir borte ved den her treningen. Så da får de det bare grejt og da er de i læringsvindu, og da har de det fint med sig selv. Ja, det här læringsvindu, kan du utdype det litt? Jeg skjønte sånn at det er sånn at de må være, enten, de må ikke være under en viss uh, strek, og så må de ikke være over en viss strek. De må være midt mellom for att kunne lære. Uh, kan du utdype det här læringsvindu litt? Ja, det er sånn at uh, uansett hvor mye du underviser et barn som ikke er i toleransvindu så får de ikke med seg det de skal. Men hvis du klarer å trene dem med neurofeedback til å være i toleransevinduet, så er de modne for å motta læring. Og det vil si at de, hvis de er for stresset, så er de oppenfor toleransevinduet. Og hvis de for eksempel er for slitne og uoppmerksomme, så er de unne. Tusen takk til lærer og terapeut Trude Halvorsen. Nå skal vi videre til terapeut. Hun driver sin egen klinik i LA. Hun heter Roxana Sasu. Hun skal fortelle oss mer om neurofeedback. Now we got uh, Roxana with us. Can you please uh, tell us uh, about yourself? Yes, of course. Hello everyone. I'm Roxana Sasu. I am originally from Romania. I'm a physician by training and many years ago I came to the United States where I currently live and work. Here is where I learned about neurofeedback and this is what I do all day. I spend my time uh, seeing clients and uh, using neurofeedback on them and then also teaching neurofeedback uh, all over the world really. So that's me. Yeah. In short, what is neurofeedback? In short, neurofeedback is brain training. So it is a technique that allows the brain to self-regulate, to learn how to work better, to learn how to optimize function. It's uh, something that 
has been around since the 60s, really. So it's not a new technique, but of course, the technology has evolved and our approach has evolved to a very refined method that we're using nowadays, very specifically targeting uh, specific dysfunctions really in anybody at any age, any person who wants better brain, a better brain, a better, better function overall. Is it a specific age? You, you say it can be used for, for anyone, like for kids and for adults? Right. It can be used at any age. The youngest person that I worked with was three weeks old. The oldest was 92. So I've seen everything in between and it works just the same. The brain is very plastic. It has the ability to change with experience. So that happens throughout our lives. Our brain learns to be in the world, to do things. It learns skills. It learns to correct the skills that it hasn't mastered. And we can do that really at any age. Is it a treatment or is it a training? I would call it a training. This is what it really is. It's not like we're trying to correct the brain waves. We're not telling the brain what to do. We're really just facilitating this natural ability that the, the brain already has to learn from experience. So we're offering that experience, we're offering that information through a game, through a video that the person is watching while being hooked up to a computer. And this is how we create a loop between the brain and the computer. And this is how the brain can see itself pretty much like in a mirror. That's how it learns. It's kind of a mirror of the brain activity. So if, if the brain is calm and is having a nice time, or yeah, then that's what you see and that's what you're trying to to keep like you're trying to keep that state of mind right you're trying to change the state that the brain is in to a more calm a more stable state in which then the brain can perform better and when i say performance it can be any kind of performance physical mental emotional really anything any any area of brain function to me it sounds kind of similar like some top athletes use visualization techniques it sounds like similar but this is like a machine so it's much more current in the situation the good part about the way neurofeedback is done nowadays with the help of the very sophisticated software is the fact that on one hand you as a person don't need to do anything consciously the brain does the whole process, the training is happening on a subconscious level. So you don't have to consciously be involved, work on it to get better. It's not about that. It's really just about letting the brain see itself and correct itself. And that's where the self-regulation comes from. Visualization implies that you're trying to consciously imagine something, go somewhere, and it's very, very helpful as well. But absolutely, it's um, it's sophisticated, it's very precise, it's very specific, and so it makes it very powerful, but it also makes it suitable in addition to any other tool that people would use to enhance their brain performance. Is it used by like athletes and uh, people who want to perform better? Absolutely. It's used by athletes. It, it's used by peak performers in any field I work with. Well, I'm in Los Angeles, so I work with actors, uh, musicians, business 
people that are, you know, high leveled. I also work with, you know, the population that really is dysfunctional where we're trying to help correct function. So it covers a very broad area. As far as I have understood, it's possible to treat traumas and uh, and everything without talking about it. You're just training the brain to to be in a nice uh, state and then it the brain is getting used to that state and it wants to be more in that state is that correct that's close (laughs) so what happens when the brain experiences trauma it switches to a state that we call emergency mode or fight or flight mode. And that happens on a very primal, very profound level in the brain that the conscious mind has no control over. The brain will hold on to that state and will scan for similar situations that could be dangerous from that moment on And so it will maintain this hypervigilant state, which interferes with good brain performance in anything else but survival. And so I see trauma being culprit in underlying issue behind a lot of other kinds of problems that people come in with. For instance, you know, people with attention issues at any age. If trauma is an underlying problem, then you know, the first thing we got to do is we help the brain calm down, stabilize, and then we allow the deeper healing by putting the brain in a deep state where it can then process the trauma and put it away as a memory with no emotional attachment. And it's true. There's no need to talk about it, although I encourage my clients to talk to their therapists about the experience if there's something that comes to conscious awareness. But oftentimes the whole process happens below the the conscious awareness. So then a person just gets out of the training and feels better. And oftentimes they can't even tell you exactly what it is that they've processed, but they just feel that this uh, huge weight has lifted off their shoulders. Amazing. Is it being used in school in any countries? It's used in, in some schools here in the United States. In particular, it's uh, private schools. The public system isn't as open. But of course, school systems are different around the world. And I imagine things can be done and should be done. In my opinion, the earlier, the better. Because the earlier the brain learns to self-correct and function properly, the better it's going to be for that person in their future, right? With anything that they're going to accomplish in their lives. There are several schools in my area here that are using neurofeedback actually really successfully. Kids are being trained while in school. During breaks, they have times allocated and the teachers are really commenting on how much easier their work is. Because when you have a class full of kids that are compliant and they're attentive and they're engaged in what you're trying to teach, then, you know, everything goes better, it goes well. So it's it's a win-win on both sides. Very nice. Can you tell a success story of how good it works, preferably about a school student? Of course. Wow, which one should I choose? (laughs) One of the more severe cases that I worked with, school girl, 11 years old, 
she came in initially for attention issues and it looked like oh ADD fairly simple to correct but there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there was an abusive situation at home with a very controlling father the kid was traumatized wouldn't talk about it it took a, a while to get to the to the bottom of it and understand that behind all her uh, school problems she she had disruptive behavior in class and she was i mean she was really failing classes she wasn't able to perform despite the fact that she was a really bright kid she had all sorts of fears because of the traumatic experience at home and the fact that she wasn't feeling safe enough to sleep so her sleeping disrupted of course brain function has to suffer and therefore the grades would would go down so with her we had to work a lot on anxiety and there was a little bit of depression as well she felt really fearful and hypervigilant and those were the main concerns that we worked about and what was interesting in the development of the case was that once the brain started calming down and she started sleeping better and feeling calmer overall uh, she was able to already perform better in school even without us necessarily focusing the training on attentional issues later on we included that in the protocol and helped there more specifically as well but the core really what was behind all the problems was mostly the anxiety and the trauma that she had experienced at home I got this uh, private theory that uh, how people deal with their own traumas is what's affecting the most like you got all these personality tests and everything but if people no matter what personality type they got if they're not coping well with their traumas it will affect the surroundings somehow it's just some things i've thought mm -hmm. for myself yeah i think you know we all go through tough experiences in life and what makes the difference is really as you said how we're coping how our nervous systems cope with it right for some of us we just get up and you know dust get the dust off of, uh, of us and we just keep going and for others because they're lacking the resilience their their core is not as strong because of the traumas and it's you know trauma goes back gener as a generation from generation to generation so you're going to see people who are traumatized and in their family you can find that history ongoingly and so that's going to be more difficult to get rid of but ultimately those people who don't recover easily they have a hard time and they have a hard time in many things but the good news is that neurofeedback can help them all it's just that it might take longer to help someone where the, resi the resilience is not there, where you know that, that brain has a harder time recovering, uh, as opposed to someone who doesn't have that big history and is able to get up and go. How many sessions is uh, normal? And what does a typical session look like? 
Great question. There's no not one answer for that. Each brain will need a different amount of training depending on what kind of symptoms we're dealing with, depending on the brain's ability to uh, learn and how impaired that is. If there's ongoing trauma to the brain, ongoing insult, then it's going to take longer, it's going to be harder. But normally what I do is I start with 20 sessions. And that's a good amount of training to implement a treatment plan, work on all the different areas that we want to work on, and maybe even do different modalities of neurofeedback to kind of work on maybe trauma as well as just the symptoms that the client comes in with, like like anxiety and depression and so on. The initial session, the initial meeting is actually an assessment where I need to learn more about that nervous system, about that person's life and symptoms throughout their lives and that's what's needed so I can come up with a treatment plan that's very specific and very individualized for that person for their symptoms. Then uh, the second part of that assessment is measurement of brain performance, which looks at general brain performance in terms of speed and consistency and accuracy. And that's a good baseline to compare to the second test that the person will take after the 20 sessions are done. And also in that assessment at that first meeting, there's there's a training session now that we have the treatment plan, we're going to start implementing it. And the actual training consists of half an hour of the person sitting in a very comfortable chair holding a teddy bear that's vibrating. There are electrodes uh, placed on different areas on the scalp and those are not putting anything in. So it's completely non-invasive. They're just there to monitor the brain's activity and then show it back to them through the game that they're watching or the video that they're watching. During the session, as we're targeting different things, the clinician is looking for a comfortable, happy middle setting where the person feels physically more relaxed and emotionally, mentally calm and also alert. So that would be the ideal outcome of neurofeedback training session. And of course, if the person comes in with specific issues like maybe a headache or some muscle tension or anxiety, then we target those and we're tracking those throughout the session to try and resolve them. And so the training is actually really pleasant for the client. They don't have to do anything consciously. They're just going to watch the screen, hold that teddy bear. Basically, the information that comes from their brain is being fed back to the brain through the visual feedback, auditory feedback, and tactile feedback. And for the client, it's it's fun. For kids in particular, oh, I can play a, a game with my brain, and it's pleasant, and they feel better afterwards. So it's a win-win. <laughs> in what way will neurofeedback help pupils to manage learning? In every single way you can think of. A calmer nervous system can sit through six hours of teaching. A calmer nervous system won't be reactive towards, you know, useful criticism and peer issues that might come up. They're not gonna break into fights, right? They're gonna be able to socially better engage and better perform and feel more comfortable really in their own skin. But then, of course, if we're looking at 
actual school performance in terms of academics. The training can be very specific, and I've worked a lot, for instance, with dyslexia, where you can be very specific with reading problems and math problems and, you know, helping kids comprehend what they're reading, not just actually learn how to read, but understand what they read and maybe talk about it in in a smart way. Any kind of performance of, of anything, you know, memorizing, all of those. Is the school a good area to train neurofeedback, do you think? I think it is for several reasons. Some of them would be uh, children are there and they're spending a lot of time there anyway, every day. It's an environment that they're comfortable with. And the other really good thing about it is that they're doing it together with their peers. So everyone is getting the same kind of treatment. They can talk about it. They can learn from each other. But I think having the teachers involved is tremendously helpful because teachers see those problems in kids firsthand, right? The teacher is the one that's assessing the child's academic issues or other kinds of issues and can specifically provide the feedback, you know, now they're doing better, now they're not doing better, which in terms of neurofeedback is really important because that's how you then adjust the protocols to get better training outcomes. So these are two of the main things that I can think of to do it in school and not somewhere else. But do you think it should be a special people who who is uh, performing the neurofeedback on the kids? Or do you think the teachers should be trained? Or what is the best solution? The teachers can be trained. It requires a lot of learning, absolutely. But that's true for anybody with any kind of background. As long as they're interested in learning, this can be learned, this can be taught. And so I think with the right program where they are continuously learning and they have supervision so that they can consult with you know, more seasoned, more experienced clinicians, they could absolutely do it. They could perform that in, in class. Like what would people say? Well, it's not a magic pill. And I know people are disappointed when things don't change overnight. Brain behaviors, they took time to to start, right, and to get implemented. It's going to take time to change them. So there's a need for repetitive training. It's not just we're doing it a few times and then you're going to be done. The brain needs time to learn how to maintain these gains and some for some issues, more chronic issues, for for instance, we would need to do maybe more than the, well, definitely more than the 20 sessions and perhaps even maintenance every once in a while. And that, you know, people some people will say, well, it takes too long, it's, it's too time consuming. On the other hand, I think there are many advantages and many people who have done the training, most people who do the training, even kids, they can tell that they feel better. You become aware of the fact that you feel different. So they are going to be the ones wanting to do more. They understand that they need more. 
Would it be possible for a trained person to perform neurofeedback on themselves? Like, oh, yeah. if I took a course and I had this machine, then I could just do it like every day. And Absolutely. Maybe I would be even more sharp and more self-regulated and everything. Absolutely. In fact, every person that I'm teaching, I'm encouraging to continue their training on their own brain, which helps, of course, feel better you know, for themselves, but it also helps them understand what clients are feeling when things are maybe not as good during the training. So it's a bond, it's a deeper understanding of the process, and it's really, really helpful in that regard. Is it anything more you think we should add? Well, you know, if I had it my way, and I've said that multiple times, I would have really young kids doing neurofeedback at an age where they learn how to become humans, how to become people in a society. And I think we can do that instead of teaching them how to read and do math at a very young age when they're really, their brains are not ready for that. And I think if we would do that, we would have a society that would be far less stressed and anxious and we would have a better world altogether because they are the future so if we could do it if we could start early we would have a better future. Tusen tack till Roxana som stilt upp på podcasten direkt ifrån LA. Då har vi också fått med Ann Beate Meti. Du har tränat neurofeedback och du har upplevt god effekt av det. Stämmer det inte? Jag har bara upplevt positiva ting med neurofeedback. Jag har fått bättre koncentration, bättre hukommelse och mycket mer fokus. Jag klarar också att genomföra projekt mer än för. Jag vill inte få hukommelsen tillbaka och bland annat att huska sångtexter från A till Å, sångtexter som jag hade glömt veck, glömt bort flera år tillbaka. Jag fick sån fotografisk hukommelse i bilder. Efter timmen så blev jag så mycket mer positiv och glad och fick mycket bättre humör och med mycket mer ro i mig. Jag kände som om att det hade varit på på ferie att jag hade haft en slags rekreation. Och det var så otroligt att den fick bättre sömn och att drömmarna kom tillbaka så jag fick en slags en djupare sömn Det märker väldigt och så hade jag väldigt hade muskelspänningar i nacke och rygg som gick väldigt ned med neurofeedback. Och då hade jag provat olika muskelterapibehandlingar över år utan att få det veck. Så det var väldigt väldigt spännande det här. Och så hade jag också lite sån psoriasisfälter som nästan gick bort alltså med behandlingarna. Så detta här var ju jättebra. I tillägg så hade jag detta med taletempo då att det gick ned. Och det var en stor fördel för det att jag fick höra att det snackar för fort och var lite stressad. Och det igen gjorde att jag så fick en upptur på det sociala. Att det blev lättare möde folk och vara rolig och ha gode roliga relationer och trygga mig själv. Kan jag spöra varför började du med neurofeedback? Jeg ble nysgjerrig for etter å hørte, hørte om andre som hadde fått så gode effekter på barna sine. Det var blant annet at tiks forsvant, og at 
skolresultaten blev så mycket bättre för de barna men som hade turrätt ADHD problematik så blev jag väldigt nyfiken och fick lust att pröva det här själv. Tusen tack till Ann Beate som blev med oss. För att uppsummera kort så kan man se si att neurofeedback är er en måte att träna cellregleringen si på. Den är er så sann att den registrerar hjärnaktiviteten din och säger ifrån direkte hur det går. Och man kan uppfatta hur det går och man kan regulera sig själv för att få sig själv till att bli så rolig som möjligt. Många mener också att skolan kunde ha gått av att bruka det här i större grad, den här träningsformen och att många barn och unge ville fått bedre liv där som de hade benyttet det. Jag ska ikke konkludere. Jag håller på att utforska. Tusen tack för att du hört på. Vi prekas. Ett bättre skolmöte.